0: Good morning. We welcome you to the services of the Boonville Church of Christ. If you're joining us online, we welcome you as well. I know we have some visitors today. We welcome you. We'd like to get a record of everyone's attendance. There's a friendship register on each pew. Would you please take that and sign it and pass it down the the pews so everyone could uh, be recorded as being here today. Those that are involved in our worship today are listed in the worship bulletin. We thank those who are doing that. As we begin our worship today, would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, We exalt you, we praise you, we know that you're all-powerful, and we want to be an example of your love as we reach out to the community. Father, we pray that our worship to thee this morning would be pleasing in your sight. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: Good morning, all. First song this morning is Give Me the Bible, number 450. <clears throat> <clears throat> Give me the Bible, oh, star and
2: day you blessed us with on this earth we thank for the opportunity we have to gather together and spend time in worship and with you and just help us to do it in a pleasing manner and right mindset and help us to leave here and learn something that we didn't know before can use and apply it in our everyday walk of lives I Ask you be with those on our prayer list that are needing prayers and just be with them and please with conflict overseas in israel and other places hope the best situation to come into play there Please be the leaders of our community, of our congregation, of our nation. Help them make decisions that are best for us. Thank you for the many blessings you have blessed us with in our lives, Lord. And most of all, we thank you for the chance we have to know you and we thank you for your son who died on the cross for the mission of our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: Song of Invitation would be a wonderful savior if you'd like to mark that in your song books. 490. <clears throat> song before the lesson this morning. It is well with my soul. That's number four hundred and ninety. <clears throat>
3: When peace like a
4: church I'm reading to you from Psalm 14 and verse 1 a wonderful psalm of David the fool has said in his heart there is no God they are corrupt they have done abominable works there is none who does good
5: Good morning, everyone. That thing that you saw as you walked in the building, that's the sun. And it is shining today. And isn't it marvelous? So we pray for rain. We get rain. It's like, this is so gloomy. Oh, I just hate this. But really, we rejoice. Yes. And now that the sun has returned, more rejoicing. Just what a great day it is today. And It's even more sunny with your disposition this morning. Thank you as you walked in with all the smiling faces. And I think I can speak for the song leader in particular and myself, anybody else really who stands before this group. When you smile at us, oh, it just, it just does something, fills us with sunlight. So if you don't mind, just smile at me. And I will do my best to smile back at you and we will just have a peaceful, happy time together. But you know that even as good as things can be, there are always difficulties. And Jody Long was telling me today that uh, Dr. Eric Dukes, in fact, he, he's my doctor. Well, I'm gonna say he's my doctor Anita gets on me because I don't really have a doctor. But when I get sick, I go over there to see Dr. Dukes. But his father, Jim, is on his deathbed. And the family has been called and they're surrounding that bed even in this hour. So this morning before our sermon, we're going to be praying for the Dukes family. We're also going to be praying I guess it's, I I don't intend it to be, but I know it kind of sounds like it might be a little bit selfish on my part. But we're gonna pray for a couple of things. One, we're gonna pray that God will help me today to share with you this message that I've prepared and studied and to help me communicate it in an understandable way. And then I'm also praying for you this congregation of hearers, some of you are visiting with us, maybe even for the first time, but I'm going to be praying for you, especially in this part of our worship. That what it is God has to say to you today, that you'll be able to accept that. And if it's just for encouragement, then I hope that you are powerfully encouraged. But if this message is intended by God to touch your heart and to promote change in you, then I'm praying that it will have that effect and that you'll have the courage today to make the changes that need to be made. And, and if you need to do that in a public way, I promise you that this is a congregation of sympathetic people We have all been probably where you are or in a place like where you are. So we're sympathetic to the needs and we, without judgment, pray and encourage our members who are suffering for whatever reason, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You let that be known. We'll pray for you here in the moment. So if you will, let's bow together. We'll pray and then I'll share with you what I have discovered in God's word. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given. Beautiful in a lot of ways. It's, it's beautiful to behold, but it's also beautiful as the first day of the week, this time that we've come together to assemble as your family here in Boonville. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless us in this assembly, that we'll be encouraged, And that as we are worshiping, that we are just expressing our whole being to you and lifting you up. And now in this moment, we're praying your blessings on us in our study of your word. Help me to communicate the things that I have studied and prepared in a way that people can easily understand. Help it, Lord, to be simple. And then I pray for those who hear it that it will do its work in them as you intended when you wrote it and give us the courage to respond. Lord, we know in this hour, even as we are worshiping, that there are folks who are suffering or who are distraught and the Dukes family has been brought to our attention. I, I don't know Jim. I don't know Eric except as a doctor, but... Uh, Many of the folks that are here are neighbors to them or friends or have family connections. And Lord, as as they're suffering, uh, we're also concerned. And so Lord, we pray your blessings on that family that's assembled that you will bring comfort to them and comfort especially to Jim. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings and the way that you distribute them. And we thank you for how You will bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, that phrase, that first phrase in our text, is a powerful statement. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. The fool the word that's translated fool could have been translated something like the vile person the vile person has said in his heart there's no god what, what what do you mean by vile actually he describes the condition of that person's heart right here in the very text he says they're corrupt they do abominable works They don't do good things. They have chosen a path that is that path other than God's path. And so, they say, in the carrying out of their various objectives, they are saying in their hearts, you know what? I don't answer to anybody. There is no God. But in thinking that way, it seems to me that there are some apparent dilemmas. Because when we carry it as far as it will go, in making this affront to God, we're putting a lot of things that we need at risk. And so today, I'm going to assume that most of us who are assembled here do not classify ourselves in the category of Fool or even in the things that are described in the text as being a fool, the corruption, the abominable works of not doing anything good. But I am going to suggest that probably there are times, even when we didn't intend to do so, that we took a track or followed a path that was just what this text is saying. It, it was a foolish vile path, when you took that path or you made that decision or even fell into this dilemma yourself, I'm, I'm wondering if you even thought about the consequences of the way that you were going, of the disposition of your heart. Because, if, in the final analysis, the fool saying that there is no God, if there is no God, then I would suggest to you there's there's no past, there's nothing behind you, And the fool would say, "Well, you know what that that's okay. that's not a big deal. I don't care about the past anyway. I'm not living in the past, I'm living for today. Okay, maybe that's true maybe maybe you, the fool, have decided. A corrupt path. Maybe you have decided that you're going to do the abominable thing. Maybe there isn't anything in your intention that is good. Sure enough, the past may not matter to you at all. You couldn't care less if God was involved or not. But for most of us who remain, we think of things like what's stated in Romans 15 and verse 4 that whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. What, what we are saying is, I, I, I really don't want to choose the way of the fool. What, what I want to do is actually learn from what happened in the past. I know God is there. And in God's interaction with people, I I see the paths that they chose. When they chose rightly, God blessed them. When they chose wrong, he cursed them. I don't want to make those same choices, make those same mistakes. I want to learn through the patience and the comfort of the Scriptures, so that I, in my present state, can have hope. It might surprise a lot of people, especially those who are the corrupt, the abominable, those who choose not to do good, set their course on evil. It might surprise them to find that God's handiwork in the past is very important to all of us. In fact, God has been working throughout the entirety of the history of the past In order to bless every soul, even to make possible the blessing of those who are characterized in our text as being the fool. And I would carry you, I would carry you all the way to the beginning when God created all that we know and all that we experience. We were just talking about how beautiful it is today, how it was raining yesterday. It is God who set all of those phenomena in the present physical world. He put all those things in place. And when God created this world, the crowning achievement was man and the helper that he had fashioned out of man. And he set man and woman as having dominion over all of this creation. It is as though he had set Adam and Eve on thrones to rule over the entire earth. But it is sin that set aside that glory that God had bestowed upon them and created separation. And it was from that point, even within the voice of God's cursing, especially of Eve, a seed promise, this is not the end and it is not hopeless. As time carried on, we came to a man by the name of, well, eventually Abraham, the father of the faithful. Abraham would stand as an icon in history of the faithfulness that is in dedication to God Almighty himself. The absolute hope of redemption for all people vested again in a seed promise. It was a coupling of promises that both of the promise made to Abraham and of the Christ who would come. Galatians chapter three. And so Abraham begets a son, Isaac, the son of promise, in whom all of the future was going to be vested. And then came Jacob and on and on. Eventually, Abraham is commanded to leave, ironically, A territory that would eventually become Babylonia. He leaves Babylonia and goes unbeknownst to him into the land of promise into Canaan, but it was not yet prepared for his possession. 400 years pass. Descendants come and go. 400 years. They eventually made their way to the land of Egypt. Oh, they were prosperous in the beginning, but as they grew, the nationals began to feel the threat. And the descendants of Abraham were subjugated. So much so that after this 400-year period, they are crying out to God Almighty for deliverance. And God hears their cries, remembering the promise that He had made to Abraham. And He sends to them a deliverer, Moses. And Moses would be effective in leading the children of Israel out of their bondage and on the precipice of their freedom in the land of Canaan. Eventually Moses would die and that torch would be handed to Joshua who would finally lead them into that land. They would take possession of that territory, but it wouldn't be but a few generations later that they entered in a time of turmoil. The Judges is a book that represents in its combining of the rule of Saul and David and Solomon about three or four hundred years of uncertainty until such time as that kingdom had been established and it seemed that things were going to go right except again for sin. And sin's consequence eventually led to the dividing of that great nation into two. There would be the northern kingdom known as Israel, made up of 10 tribes. It would carry on for about 200 more years, but ultimately they would be carried away into Assyrian captivity. Their land would be repopulated with foreigners and essentially that northern nation would never be heard from again. Another hundred years, Judah, made up both of Judah and Benjamin, would limp along in the southern kingdom, but they would be subjugated again as by prophecy by the nation of Babylon. That happened in 721 B.C. By 606 the people of Judah would be carried into that Babylonian captivity and for 70 years, until 536 B.C., those people would again be in captivity, crying out to God for their deliverance. A remnant would return to Israel, repopulate the city, rebuild the walls, establish temple worship. The prophets would speak, but finally God would become silent. And for 400 more years, God would not say one word until the fulfillment of what Paul speaks in Galatians chapter four and verse four, that when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Remember that promise that God had made to Abraham? It's finally Reaching its fulfillment in the birth of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, that scripture says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14 describes this Word in the flesh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The life of Jesus, chronicled in what we refer to as the Gospels, is summed up in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 as being the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. And when Jesus was received up into glory, he sent his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit empowered those apostles that he had selected on the day of Pentecost, following his resurrection, to preach the gospel for the first time. And God's fullness was revealed in the establishment of the church. Verse 41 said that those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And verse 47 of chapter 2 says that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds. who being the brightness of his glory and expressed image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. God working from the very beginning until the death, burial, and resurrection of His own Son and the establishment of the church, and even unto this very moment, working for the purpose of our reconciliation with God, of our redemption. Hey, I, I, I get it a person who is corrupt, a person who does abominable works, a person within whom is no intention to do good things, he couldn't care less about God in the past. But you and I, we are not that fool, right? What we know is, if there is no God, then there's none of that. There is no past. And I would say that if there's no God, there's also no present. The fool says, well, hey, that's fine. Who cares about that? What's the big deal? No God in the present? Look, I don't need God in the present. I've got this. I'm in control of my own destiny. I'm the man. Okay, gotcha. If if what you do is corrupt, if, if all that your intention is abominable, if you have no desire to do what is good, then you don't want God in your life in the present state. You couldn't care less. But it might surprise all of us to find that God... Does some incredible things in the present circumstance. His handiwork with regard to the presence, it's it's everywhere. And I'm going to suggest to you, even, even to the fool this morning, that God is constantly reaching out to all of us. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 27 and 28, have some pretty interesting insight into God's activity in the background of our lives. In that text, we find out in verse 27 that God has placed us in a particular location and at a particular time so that we will seek the Lord in the hope that we will grope for him and find him, though he is not very far from each one of us. It's in him, verse 28, that we live and move and have our being. Think about the implication of that text. Ken, I've always thought, you know, you should have lived during the cowboy days. I don't know if it's surprising to you to find out that every Christmas when I was a little kid, I asked Santa Claus for a Lone Ranger outfit. Sure did. Got lots of pictures nearly every year. The reason why is because I wore out that Lone Ranger outfit, wearing it all year long. I remember at one point, my parents talking about, boy, you know, Santa's going to have a hard time finding that Lone Ranger outfit this year. I guess they're trying to nudge me alone, but I've showed them, right? I still wear cowboy boots. In the present circumstance, I wonder, why, why was I born in this time? Why couldn't I live in cowboy times? Oh, why don't I live in those pioneer days? Or we'll see a movie that's dealing with, you know, ancient times. We were talking, about walking through history, and in my mind, when we were talking about Moses, I was thinking about the, Ten Command, the movie, The Ten Commandments, with Charlton Heston. And I remember seeing that for the first time, and the get-up that they had, the way they dressed. The, I thought, boy, it'd be neat to live in those times, and why didn't I live then? Why don't I, why don't I grow up to be a cowboy? Why why, why here? Why am I now in Boonville, Mississippi of all places? I never thought in, in the wildest imagination of my own mind that I would ever live in Mississippi. I started out in North Carolina. Anita and I thought we would live in North Carolina for the rest of our lives. Why am I here now? In this time, why do I know you and get to experience you in part of your lifetime? Some of you are very young, and by the time you grow to maturity, I will just be a memory, if at all. Some of you are very aged, and maybe our lives will only overlap for a short period of time. I don't know, but the question is why? God says the reason is because I have put you in the perfect and in the perfect time so that you can seek after me and find me and grope after me and and have me. I, I want the circumstances to be perfect for you. So God reaches out to each one of us. He's been reaching out to all of us this morning. He's reaching out to us in the sermon that's being preached. We already prayed about that, that God would take the message and touch our hearts. What's he doing? In the process of that touching us with his word, he's reaching out to us so that we can find him. We were doing that in the singing. That last song, it is well with my soul. Some of us can hardly get through that song without weeping, but you know why that is? Because we have been touched emotionally by the music and the words that have been expressed. God is reaching out to touch us. That happens in the prayers that we offer. Here when we prayed, we asked God for his blessing. We asked for his blessing over the life of someone, a family in fact, that's not even a member here. But we are trying the very best that we can through that process, all of us together being touched by God and the prospect that God is going to hear our prayers. And how many of us could raise our hands and say, well, I for one have experienced the deliverance of the Lord. I, for one, have experienced the actual touching of God in my life as I've been responding to physical healing or I've emotionally flowered over distress in my life or I've changed things spiritually so that I'm on the right track. God is always reaching out to us. In a few moments, we'll be partaking of the Lord's Supper, a memorial of the death of Jesus. Probably all of us, to one degree or another, are weeping inside, thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus, God touching our heart. And even as we give of our means, we know that God has touched our lives financially, and now we are reaching back out to God in a dedication of something to his glory. Oh, God is reaching out constantly. When we enter into that Bible class, we hear it from a Bible school teacher who is sharing God's Word with us, touching our hearts again. It may even be that inquisitive student who is sitting next to us asking what in the moment we thought was a silly question but has sat on our hearts continually and now has become an obsession of ours. Maybe it is even when we eat that food and breathe that air that God is still yet reaching out to us. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows forth His handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language in which their voice is not heard. Their lines have gone out through all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4. God is ever reaching out to us in the present. It is only the fool who says there is no God. It is that person who pursues the sin, who seeks after their own gain, who disdains the reach of God. Most of us in this room are not fools. We know that if there's no God, there is no present circumstance. Because all we know is God reaching out to us. Well, if you've been paying attention, you probably know what the next thought would be that if there is no God, there is no future. Some people, the fool in particular, would say, Hey, what's the big deal? I'm making plans for the future. You know that fool who is corrupt, that fool who does abominable works, that fool who does nothing really that is good, not intentionally. That guy says, I don't care about God being in my future because I'm in control of my future. I'm going to set the stage. I'm going to create the path and I'm going to walk it. I don't need his help. Boy, that fool saying that there is no God would be very surprised to find that God's handiwork is even seen in the prospect of The future. James said in James chapter 4, beginning at verse 13, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. He said, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. I guess he could have expanded that had he included our text, yes? Yeah, boasting about what you're going to do, that's evil because it seeks after corrupt things. I'm going to set my own agenda. I'm going to call my own shots because I'm in the pursuit of abominable, Works. I want to satisfy my own desires. And I'm not really seeking to do any good. Jesus said a long time ago that with regard to these things, we have to choose whether we're going to be faithful to God or not. Whether we're going to have a mind toward being righteous or as is... Qualified in our text of just being that vile person, that fool. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way which leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Matthew 7, 13, 14. Here's what I believe. I believe that God's hands are all over our past, our present, and our future. Our God, He is alive. And since God is alive, since there is a God, then he is right there in the past. He made the way of redemption for us. He is in our present with redemption at our fingertips. And he is in our future, if having secured redemption, to welcome us to heaven someday. I I love the forward thinking even of the first gospel sermon that was preached. Remember that? It wasn't just that if you will obey the gospel today, you'll be saved. It didn't stop there, remember? So there was that crowd that heard the message about the fact that they, with lawless hands, had crucified the Son of God. And they were convicted, cut to their hearts. And they asked men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, he said to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children and to those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Stop right there. Yeah, you can have it in the present, Peter said. But I also want you to know that what God is doing right here in this moment He is setting for a course of all humanity from this moment forward until such time as physical human life is over. So here we are in the present and God is right here in this present. The question, if I might be so blunt, in this moment are you being a fool? Even if you have confessed the truth, and you've obeyed the gospel. Is your life reflective of a life that says, God, I've got this. You know, I'm going to make my own way. If I need you, I'll let you know. Seriously? If God isn't in it, it isn't going to go well. I promise. Is today the day that we need to just relinquish that little bit of control that we've been hanging on to? Let's pray about that. Maybe you're not a child of God today. Today is the day to let go of all this foolishness, to let go of the corruption, to let go of the abominable works, to set a course for doing good, following in the footsteps of Jesus. If you believe He's the Son of God, confess that before this number today. Having repented of your sins, Be buried in this water. Have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Rise up in newness of life. What a day of rejoicing this will be. God is in it, but are you with God? Only the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. If you need to respond this morning, why don't you come forward while we stand together and sing.
3: Oh, wonderful Savior, it is my Lord, oh,
2: wonderful
3: Savior.
1: Help prepare mine for the Lord's supper. Number three hundred thirteen.
6: doesn't have an emblem if you'll raise your hand the ushers will provide one for you In John the, 14th chapter, <clears throat> John, the 14th chapter, before Christ was to be crucified, he made these statements. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Sin cannot, uh, God will not tolerate sin. And Jesus provided a way that we could go to the Father, approach the Father sinless. And that was by offering himself as a sacrifice on the cross of Calvary so that we had the opportunity to have our sins removed and therefore have communion with the Father. For almost 2,000 years now, the Lord Church has come together every first day of the week to remember the sacrifice that was made there on the cross. So if you'll bow with me, we'll offer thanks for the bread which represents His body that was broken. Our Heavenly Father, we are so very grateful unto You that you loved us and allowed your son to come and die on Calvary's cross. As we partake of this bread, which represents his body that was broken there, help us to do so in a way that would please you. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. After the bread was partaken of, he took the cup and offered it. The cup is the uh, fruit of the vine that represents the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. That does take away our sins and uh, allows us to have communion with God. So if you will, uh, bow with me again. In like manner, Heavenly Father, we offer you our thanks for this fruit of the vine that represents Christ's blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. We realize without the shedding of his blood, we could not have remission of her sins so help us to partake of this also in a way that would please you in Christ's name we ask amen
0: Let us pray. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this day and all the wonderful blessings that You bless blessed us with. And Father, we thank Thee we have this opportunity to come and worship Thee without any fear of any harm in any way. Father, we thank Thee for our health and for our families and we thank Thee for our jobs and everything that You bless us with. Now let us examine ourselves and give back a portion of our means if we've been prospered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Gets up here and gives us our announcements. So I've got one youth announcement, and it is uh, EYC money. The rest of your EYC money is due next week. If you don't have it due next week, we'll come talk to me and we'll figure something out. So next week, next Sunday, last day for your EYC money. Thank you.
4: Good morning. For visiting with us this morning, we are glad that you've chosen to do so. We invite you to come back at any time you can. We have 352 in worship service this morning. It looks like a lot more than that from here, and it looks good. It looks almost crowded, and that's a good thing to see. I have just a few announcements, Uh, a thank you note. Thank you so much to everyone for all the concern that was shown to Ava and me during her sickness and during her recovery from the spider bite. Your prayers and your act of kindness will always be remembered. We appreciate you all so much and hope to be back with you soon. And that's from Brenda and Ava Jacobs. Uh, A few extra announcements. The Lads to Leaders Bible Bowl will meet today at 4 p.m. in the Little Chapel. Also, everyone involved in Good Samaritan, please meet in the Little Chapel after services this morning. I'd also be remindful of of those uh, that are on the list in a bulletin, but for the benefit of those that may be watching at home today and cannot be here today but might be interested in some of these things, I'm going to go over these briefly. Landmark Nursing Home Devotional is today at 4 o'clock. If you'd like to honor a loved one during the holiday season with a contribution to one of our ministries, forms are in the foyer, please return these to the office by today. And that today is in bold print, so I'm assuming that's a serious note there. Ladies' Ornament Exchange is tonight at the Elliott Home. All ladies are invited, bring an ornament to exchange and holiday finger foods. We will take a bus to help with parking. Leave from the annex immediately following evening classes. Uh, Visitation assignments may be picked up from the Welcome Center in the foyer today. Also, hot chocolate and cookies will be served in the annex tomorrow evening, beginning at five o'clock prior to the Christmas parade Please bring lots of homemade cookies. All third graders, you're invited to a tacky Christmas sweater party Saturday morning, December the 9th, from 10.30 to 12 o'clock at the Huddleston Home. Please bring one wrapped pair of Christmas socks. See Elizabeth on what food item that you need to bring. Also, a Christmas party for K-6 through six graders will be Sunday, December the 10th, in the tack immediately following morning worship, until 1.30. You need to see Wendy Long if you need some more information on that. Uh, Also, everyone is invited to a holiday open house at the Forest Home, 19 Kimberly Lane. That's Sunday, December the 10th from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And also the Youth Progressive Dinner will be Sunday evening, December the 17th. Also, our annual fruit basket day will be Wednesday, December the 20th at 1 o'clock in the Annex. You need to bring a heat gun or a blow dryer. Drivers will be needed. If you can drive, please see Jody Long or Michelle English because I'm sure they could use all the help they could get. And also a reminder of Congregational Singing Workshop at Strickland on December the 9th and 10th. Brother Todd Sanderson from Holly Springs will be conducting the workshop Saturday, December the 9th from 9 to 2.30. Lunch will be provided, and then Sunday, December the 10th, from 9 to 1.30, lunch will be provided also there. That's all the announcements I have. If you'll bow with me, I'll dismiss us in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for the opportunity we've had to come and to worship you in song and praise. Father, we thank you so much for the many wonderful blessings in life that you bestow upon each and every one of us. Father, we're thankful for your church family here, and for what they mean to each other. Father, we ask we continue to carry out our daily lives in a Christian manner that would be pleasing unto Thee. Father, we're so thankful for Debbie this morning and her decision to start her life anew, Father, and just be with us and help each one of us to encourage her to do so. Father, we ask you continue to be with us throughout this upcoming work week, continue to lead, guide, guard, and direct us. But most of all, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, whom died on the cross, that we might have forgiveness of our sins and opportunity of home in heaven with thee one day. It's through Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.